Welcome to Grace Church San Diego. My name is Scott Laughlin. I'm the outreach pastor here at Grace. And uh, welcome. You're tuning in. I don't know where you're tuning in. You're at home or at the office. It's Sunday, so I hope you're not working. But we have a growing online community here in Southern California in San Diego. But we also have people tuning in around the country and even some friends and partners around the world. So welcome to all of you. Today I'm going to begin with a story. And this is a difficult story. And as I describe this story, a lot of it is not going to be for your kids. I'm going to show you some pictures and describe some things that you won't want your kids to hear. So I'm going to ask you to have them go in the other room and join our kids programming or go do something else. A long time ago, about 10 years ago, I started going to Thailand. And when I was there around 2009, I was there with one of my first teams that I led. And we were there with our partner organization. And we had some free time and we were hanging out with the kids that they were caring for. And there was this little girl. I'm going to call her Anna. It's not her real name. And Anna was strumming a guitar for like an hour and she had a little smile on her face, but I could tell that something was wrong, something was off. She was a little shy, she was standoffish, especially towards men. And as I was watching her strum a guitar from afar, I was watching her kind of grin and smile, but then I glanced down and I saw something I'll never forget. I saw her feet and I wanna show you that image. You see, Anna was from Burma and she was a refugee inside of Thailand because her parents were killed by the Burmese army. And she went to live with her uncle and her uncle took her to this small town, this border town in Thailand. And because he was addicted to substances, he would force her to go out and beg on the street. And when she refused or if she came home with too little, she, he would take a knife and he would put it in the fire and then he would place it on her feet as punishment. And she had all these burn marks on both of her feet. The trauma, the abuse was significant. And so here she was, this little girl, and I was shocked, I was in awe. And our partner organization took her out of that home and cared for her. They housed her, they loved her. And at the same time, they helped him get treatment and rehabilitation. And through a season of life and a few years, they ended up actually coming back together and they lived together safely as a family. Anna, during that season, was not safe. And you see, safety is something we talk a lot about here at Grace, but it's not just something nice to have. It's essential. It's a requirement. Safety is a human need for all of us. But you and I, we live in this time in 2020 where things are so hostile and so volatile, we often don't feel safe. Enemies are created so easily, even amongst us, even amongst a lot of you Christians. So many emotions lead the charge today. We see it all over the media, social media, and it causes us to hate people that we disagree with even. They become our enemies. In the church, we have enemies. Everywhere we look, we have enemies in our society. But if enemy is defined by a person who is actively opposed or hostile towards someone or something, I think we probably all have a lot of enemies, don't we? But this is not, it wasn't Jesus' plan for us to live in unsafety with all of these enemies around us. This wasn't his plan for our lives. It's not his idea for us. Today we begin a new series. And in a time where we talk about the new normal, 
maybe we need to change, not just our environment, our workplaces, what our day-to-day -day lives look like, but maybe inside of us, we need to change and we need a new us. So this is the new series called The New Us. And in a world where tensions are so high and coming together, together seems so, so impossible, we look to God to reshape our hearts and to redefine our relationships. We need God's transform, transformation in our lives. We need him to redefine who we are as his people in our relationships and our lives in our world today. So this isn't a normal series. We're actually gonna go through these concepts, these words that we train our missions teams on. You see, on our trips, every day we get up and we explore a new concept, a, a new characteristic, and we redefine it so that it would redefine our lives. What we do is we take them overseas to different environments and we get them out of their comfort zones and even help them feel unsafe a little bit so that they would grow and that they would stretch in their faith and in their lives. So over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to explore one of these concepts every single Sunday. And today we want to grow, and that's our goal, today we want to grow in openness and making people feel safe around us. And why is this so important? Because in 2020, with all the hostility around us, we could be people that model how Jesus lived and build bridges together. This concept, this word, openness, that means something different to different people. What, what does it mean to you? Maybe a word or a phrase pops out when you hear this term openness, and I want you to comment in the comments below and tell me what you think that is, because I want to give you a definition you may have not ever heard before. This is this concept of openness. I'm going to tell you a definition that you didn't know. And I'm going to show you a different side of this characteristic and this trait. You see, openness is the ability to welcome people into our presence and make them feel safe. Openness is our ability to welcome people into our presence and make them feel safe. This is the definition I want to go off of. And you see that something is happening in this definition because safety becomes a byproduct of openness. Because if you and I, although we differ so much, can sit down to, together and be open and share each other's stories and share our lives, our opinions, the things that we're similar in, the things that we're different in, and we can be okay, we have to have a level of safety in order to do that. And when we model this, like Jesus did, when we model what openness is tr truly is, this means that people can and will feel safe around us. People like us and people different than us. And Jesus, Jesus modeled openness perfectly. All throughout the Gospels are woven in stories of how Jesus lived, accounts of his interactions with people and who he interacted with. One of the books in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four Gospels in the New Testament, the first four books of the New Testament. We're going to look in Luke. And in Luke, we see, in all, all the Gospels, but in Luke, we see how Jesus interacted with people and made them feel safe, and they were transformed by it. Some powerful stories. You see, in Luke 14, all kinds of people were gathering around Jesus. It says a great multitude. And what, what was happening was this new rabbi came on the scene. And he was going from town to town and he was preaching and performing miracles. And people wanted to know who he was because he was different than the other rabbis. And so in Luke 14, all these people were gathered around him when he was confronted 
and I want to look in Luke 15. But before we do, some of you know automatically Luke 15 for the parable, the story within that chapter. But that's not what I'm going to talk about today because something is overlooked here. The first two verses are so overlooked, people fly by to get to the story. And it's a powerful story of the lost sheep, right? Leaving the 99 to go find the one, the lost. And that's what Jesus did, and that's what the story is about. However, the first two verses uh, display openness for us, and it it reveals to us the character of Jesus Christ. And we need to look at him if we're going to be transformed by him. So Luke 15, the first couple verses say like this. It says this, now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and he eats with them. Now hear what, is say, what they're saying here. The tax collectors and the sinners were drawing near to Jesus. We're drawing near to Christ. Something caused them to feel safe around Jesus. And the religious leaders of that time, see, that's not what they did. They didn't do things like that. In fact, what they did is they divided people into these classes and they put themselves up here while they were down there. Everyone else was worse than they were. And so they held that standard and they didn't mingle with the poor folk. They didn't mingle with the sinners, the outcasts, the oppressed. They were better than that. But Jesus, Jesus was different. He saw everyone the same as made in the image of God. And so he crossed those barriers and suddenly he's getting this accusation towards him. He's getting accused of being intimate with these people, of receiving them and having meals with them. They were mad at Jesus because they broke their own, he broke their own traditions. And in, in a way, right, he brought the, uh, the stature of those sinners, of those people, he brought them up to his level and he saw them eye to eye instead of looking down on them like the other religious leaders. These two verses, as we peer into them and we unravel them, show the openness Jesus had. It shows us how people felt so safe around this rabbi, the person we call our savior. And in this, It's transformational truth that I want us today to see. There's three things I want us to learn from the way Jesus interacted with people. The first one is he broke down barriers. Think of that. He broke down barriers. Having a meal with someone in that culture and in those days was significant. First of all, they lasted three to four hours. They were long or even longer. And you only did that with people you wanted to be intimate with, you were close with. It was your people, your chosen few, your family, your closest friends, the people on your own level. And that's not what Jesus was doing here. He was having meals with criminals, even. The people that were outcast from societies, the enemies of societies. We see that, again, woven throughout the Gospels. Through his life, he did this constantly. In Luke 19, you'll see he did this with Zacchaeus. They call Zacchaeus the chief tax collector. That means he's like a drug lord, and yet Jesus invites himself over for dinner. And Zacchaeus is transformed. Jesus constantly broke down these barriers. He broke down barriers in John 4 with the Samaritan woman. You know this story. We know it as the woman of the well, right? You never, as a Jew, you would never go through Samaria Even if it was closer to get to where you were going and it was a shorter route, you went around Samaria because 
they looked down upon those people. They didn't trust them. They saw them as less than, and they didn't like them. Jesus, being the rebel that he is, went straight through. And in this few moments, he had this interaction with this woman and completely bridged the gap between Sumerians and Jews. And you see how powerful it is by Jesus modeling it that we can break down barriers. You can either be someone who does it like Jesus and breaks down barriers, or you can be someone who builds them up. And which are you? Today is a strong call of action. And I want to call you to look inside and ask yourself, what type of person are you? What type of Christian and Jesus follower are you? Are you someone that, like Jesus, will break down these barriers? We all have barriers ourselves. What barriers do you have? Maybe you need to write those things down and you need to pray through them and that collectively together we need to address them and break them down as a church body, as a church family, as the body of Christ. If you feel bold today, maybe in the comments, write what those barriers you have are and let our church love on you. You guys, this is so important. Because of the 2020, where we live and how we're living, this is so important. And if we miss this, if you miss this, I just don't know that you will ever live the life of impact God has called you to live. I don't know. I don't know that we will ever live the life we should have that he has purposed us for if we're not people who break down barriers like Jesus did. Why? Because we have Jesus inside of us. And when we have his love inside of us, we should share that and bridge those barriers, those gaps with other people. We need to love people. That may sound harsh to you, but we need to change. Something <laughs> needs to change. And maybe that something is us. Maybe we need to grow in openness. Maybe we need to grow in our ability to welcome people around, to invite people in, to break down barriers so that people feel safe around us. Something else that Jesus did that was so significant is that he reached and restored people. It was all about loving people. With his gospel, his message, he reached the oppressed. He reached the outcast, the social outcast. He reached the enemy. And we need to look at that as a model. He did that consistently. In Luke 8, right, he heals the bleeding woman who has been bleeding for, for years and years. And society looked at her and said she must have sin in her life. She's an enemy. And they cast her out. And yet Jesus, privately and publicly, completely reaches her and restores her. We see it done in Matthew 8 when Jesus heals the leper, another social outcast. If you're that cursed, you must have sin in your life. And Jesus reaches the leper and restores them completely. This was what he did. This is how he lived. And if you want to be transformed by the Bible and you want a lot of scripture to feel good, or do you want it to actually transform you? Because if you want it to transform you, you'll look at the life of Christ and all of these examples of what he was doing and what he is calling you and I to do. Christians, we cannot hate people because they're on the other side of the political spectrum. We cannot hate people because they differ with us. That is not what we're called to do. And if you do, I'm sorry, but you're part of the problem. 
We are called to love people with the, the love and heart of Christ, the character of Jesus Christ. And it's riddled through the Gospels. Go and read them, please. I beg you so that you can be transformed and you can be someone who reaches and restores the lost. Who can you reach? Who can you restore today? Who do you need to reach out to and lift up, reconcile with? Who is someone that you feel uncomfortable with and that maybe you haven't been that safe with that you can call and reach out to today? I call you to that. I ask you to do that. The third thing I want us to see that Jesus did and why those scribes and those Pharisees were looking at Jesus and accusing him of receiving and eating with sinners, with criminals, of enemies and the outcasts is because Jesus brought people close. It was all about proximity. You know, when he, I just imagine when he's sitting there in Luke 19, when he's sitting there with Zacchaeus, we have no idea how much actual time that was. We have no idea what was said during that meal, during that encounter. But what we do know is that they were close and that the biggest criminal in that town, Jesus sought, he broke down barriers and he drew closely with them and he restored them because he completely transformed the heart of this criminal. We are called to bring people close to Christ. And when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, when you have Jesus inside of you, you're called to draw people close to you so that they can see him inside of you. This is what Jesus did. He drew people close that were like him, that weren't like him whatsoever. He was willing to be misunderstood. He risked his own reputation. He was, all these accusations came at him because he embraced people where they were at. And they changed and they grew by becoming closer with him, with Jesus himself. This is what we're called to do. Do you do this? There's someone in your life today that you seriously need to pray through and consider reaching out to because you haven't been safe with them in the past. There's people in my life that I haven't been safe with that I need to act upon. I need to draw closer to them and love them with the heart of Christ. And if we are people that are not willing to look at the life of Christ and how he modeled we should live and draw our own selves close to him and be transformed to go live out differently, live out as a new us, then what are we doing? Are we just playing church or are we living it out? Listen, our world is so upside down right now. Our world is so upside down. Our lives are so upside down right now between COVID and racial tensions and media and politics and all these things, we're so upside down and it's, it's as if we're in this emotional and social war zone. And we have a decision to make today. Are we gonna look at the war zone and look at the both of the fighting parties and go join that army and be a part of the fight and just be a part of the problem and the division that exists in our churches and in our country and in our world today? Or are we gonna be different? Are we gonna be different and a lot of you, if I'm being really honest, if I'm being really honest, you guys, it seems like your opinions are more important than loving your neighbor. It just seems like that. And I don't want that for you. I don't want that for us. And I don't want that for Jesus followers at all because we are called to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. And some of us aren't doing that. And I'm calling you to do that today, to practice this openness. Anyone, 
anywhere, people will be welcomed into our presence and we will make them feel safe. You feel uncomfortable with people. You hate people because they're different than you. They have a different political opinion than you. Jesus loved the left. He loved the right. He loved the straight, the gay, the different. In every way, shape, or form, he sought them out and they killed him for it. What are you willing to do to practice openness in your heart and in your life? Openness is welcoming people to be with us, to sit with us with safety and with love in the heart of Jesus. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I pray for the Christians that are watching today. God, I pray for the Christians that are watching that desperately needed to hear this message because Christians haven't been safe to, to a lot of people. And I don't blame people for being skeptical of the church, being skeptical and not wanting anything to do with you because we have messed it up. And so God, I, I pray right now for those who don't know you, those who do not know Jesus. If that is you, let me tell you something. I am sorry that we have gotten in the way of you knowing intimately your creator and your savior. Don't let that happen again. Jesus is safe to you. He is open to you. He knows all your bad, all your good, and he loves you. And if you want to know him, you can do that right where you're at. You can do that right where you're at. Just cry out to him and say, God, you sent your son Jesus to die for my sin. And so I repent and I believe and I give you my life. I'm just going to place my faith in you. And I pray that you've prayed that. I hope you have. I want you in the family of God and be someone that knows Jesus Christ because he will transform you from the inside out. And Jesus, for your followers, for the rest of us, for the church, ah, we need your help. We need you to help us, to transform us. God, help us to be close to you so that we can love people and love people well, that we can love you, love our God, and love our neighbor as ourselves. We love you. I pray that this changes us in Jesus' name, amen.